We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Runners, welcome back to the NFL Pick Six Show, sponsored by Thrive Week Fifteen, the uh, the Kings and Yetta Show. We're getting there. We're uh, down the uh, down the stretch as far as the regular season. As usual, Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis, and we have John Daigle, four for four, Betsperts, two of the absolute best in the business. Gonna go break down this uh, ten game slate, the main slate. And you know what? John's gonna be nice. He's gonna give us a little touch as far as what's going on. On the three-game Saturday slate, like last week we had six teams on by. They're kind of sort of basically on by anyway. We're talking about main slate because it's still just a 10-game main slate, and it's not great. It's not great, Bob, but you know what? We're all working with the same pieces. How many times have we said that? Well, I mean, you know what it is? It feels like this week is like, hey, if you you hated last week, hold my beer. Week 15 is saying hold my beer to week 14. Uh, Yeah, because it's kind of rough. No totals above – 49 and a half, as far as I can tell, Houston is a part of that game, by the way. Which is, there you go. Uh, <laughs> that voice you heard, of course, Rich Rebar. Rich, uh, oh, you won the you won the four-man last week. We'll talk movies later on in the show as well. Congrats. On the board. Papa said some good lineups last week. Yeah. Well, what is? What was your – well, I guess we'll talk about your lineup. But the lineup you beat us with on Vandal, I think it was really strong. It would have beat like – you know, won like 10-man and 20-man contests. Yeah, 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 yeah Papa won, uh, won some money last week. How do we celebrate, little Sizzler? <laughs> we we wrote about a bunch of football games again this week. We'll we'll try to recoup some of that <laughs> Christmas cash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I was blown away that uh, a couple guys that conviction plays that were really low, and Jerry Judy especially, and then Miles Sanders uh, definitely. Those guys were. I owe those guys some juice this week. You well, talked about them on Wednesday as well. Yeah. The uh, the Judy thing, I think, is that people can only stomach so much Denver, and they already had Doltich, and they already had Hinton, and they're all attached to Russ Wilson, and we all we want him to get better, but like he hasn't been spectacular this year. Uh, I think that's what it was. I feel like that's what it was. But like in the old vacuum in the Hoover, was he five five on DK Jerry Judy, and again like, a matchup where you have to assume they're going to be playing some catch up the entire game. That's what happened. So uh, Bill Sutton, the Chiefs are terrible against wide receivers. Games it was all, and plus everyone was playing Dulcich. Yeah. 
Literally, we talked about Dulcich went a whole month underperforming without Judy, and it was just him and Sutton, and he had one game, and people were like, oh, we're in. We're all back in on this guy. And I was like, wait a second. Like, hold on. You guys see the previous month? It's, it's the <laughs> Evan Ingram of week 15. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Listen, and also, we gave Daigle a bunch of grief last week for picking Titans-Jaguars. It was the nuts. He Trevor was right. Trevor, was Lawrence nuts. Stacks, Trevor Lawrence stacks won everything. I played. Uh, a few Trevor Lawrence's in the in the bomb and in the two twenty two, but I all, had Christian Kirk uh, all with all the literally the worst guy to stack him with. But yeah. uh, Trevor Lawrence stacks with Derrick Henry and Okonkwo were the nuts. So they I had I had Zay Jones, Okonkwo, Skinny, but I had too much Geno doubles that did fine, but they weren't enough compared to the other yeah, yeah. stacks out there. No, I mean Lawrence went nuts. Uh, yeah, and Evan Ingram absolutely went bananas. Because he's been uh, on FanDuel, Evan Ingram's been sub 5K for like uh, like six weeks, just cruising. Yeah. And then he didn't have a career game just for himself. Like he had a career tight end game. Like dudes mm-hmm. like Gronk and Kelsey don't even have games like that on their resume. Like, you know, insane. Who's going to be this week's Evan Ingram? I'm sure. John, you want to tease the people? Do you have this week's Evan Ingram? <laughs> Do the tight ends first this week. <laughs> Just get him out of the way early. <laughs> we do focus on I, I you know what I forgot to introduce the new title to our show. It's the NFL Pick Six show, uh sponsored not just by Thrive, but by the Detroit Lions. Because as always, the Detroit Lions are one of the three main teams we focus on. Well, they're they're in one of the three main games. We talk about that game from uh, you know, forwards, backwards, all sorts of different angles. Then we give our favorite plays as far as quarterbacks, receivers, running backs. We mentioned some tight ends. I shouldn't say our favorite plays necessarily, but dudes that play in the tight end position will acknowledge their existence uh, in games that uh, do not include those first three we talk about. And you know what, John? You know, uh, the Lions have earned it. <laughs> They've earned the spot. They're uh, in New York. They're favorites this week on the road where I'm told they've been horrendous on the road. Uh, what, they're what, one-point favorites at the Jets, 44-and-a-half is the total. Uh, you know what? Well, you want to talk the Lions, you want to talk the Jets, open up wherever you want. But uh, yeah, that's game one, John. Go for it. The Lions and Jets have to make the slate since Sunday's 10-gamer is fairly condensed. There is a lot of bad offense that's going to happen on Sunday. And so I think we've correctly picked at least the three games we're looking at. There are a couple other offenses we'll sprinkle along the way. I'm even concerned about Bengals Bucks getting there just from what we've seen from the Bucks the past month has been atrocious. But for the Lions, this is the most worried. Like, this is a spot we are worried about for the first time in the last month because, as you mentioned, yeah, we do have these Jared Goff home road splits to worry about. In five games now at home or on the road, Jared Goff has thrown two touchdowns to four picks compared to 20 touchdowns at home and only three interceptions. And two of those matchups on the road were against the Bears and Giants with Amon Ra and DeAndre Swift healthy. So it's not like we can necessarily make an excuse for him. Uh, The one game you would maybe take out of that sample would be that Patriots game where literally everyone was injured right before their bye in New England. And even the Patriots were favored and pretty much Vegas knew that the Lions stood no chance in that one. Um, so yeah, I, I just look at the spot now traveling on the road, their first road game since November 20th as well. It's going to be nearly a month since the Lions have left Ford field. And there are just a, a lot of question marks to, to worry about here because of those circumstances, because of the weather. Whereas we don't worry about the jets offensive side of the ball against this still terrible Lions defense that is leaking production, at least still through the air. Yeah. You mentioned that still through the air because I think their run defense has been pretty solid and, 
Uh, Knight seems to have been the – well, I guess uh, – what's your thoughts here, uh, John, as far as the, the Jets' backfield? Uh, Knight, Carter, Johnson, that split. Knight's been pretty good. Uh, is he, is he going to be you know good going forward? I would think he's going to lead in touches. That's what we saw last week. Michael Carter had four carries for zero yards, and then on his fifth carry, he fumbled. So I think there is a an out here for Zondervan Knight to handle even a larger share of the team's backfield touches. But as, as we mentioned, and Rich actually touched on this last week as well when we were discussing Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, like how are we getting unique around the Vikings in that slate, knowing that we wanted to target that game. Uh, now we see the Lions haven't allowed a single running back to go over 75 yards since their bye in week eight. Uh, they're just basically putting the clamps down, whereas opponents know that, and that's why quarterbacks in that time are averaging 37 pass attempts per game for them. And then you look at Mike White and this Jets offense the last three games with him under center, he's averaging 43 passes. Like they have created a Mike White-centric offense, assuming he's at full health. And this Lions defense has still been just as bad on the road, despite not being as up-tempo. Uh, 25.8, 6.1 yards per play allowed per game on the road as well. So, yeah, we just have a lot of faith in the Jets through the air, and I question the ceiling for the Lions in this one. By the way, third fastest game this week as far as game plays. If you check out Derek Cardi, shout out Derek Cardi, the blitz, the game-level factors, the third most expected plays in this game. Uh, 44 and a half total. Ritz, jump on in here. Feel free to give a, your thoughts as far as the Jets from a running situation or just the Jets as a whole, the passing game as well. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, definitely a spot for the Jets. It's a litmus test game for the Lions, who obviously have gotten a lot of you know media buzz. They're one of the hottest teams. So you look at the Lions run out here. And, you know, it's one thing to, you know, beat up on the, the the Dolphins and the Bears and the Giants. And they did have a spot against the Bills where they actually were competitive uh, on Thanksgiving. But, you know, they played the Jaguars and the Vikings last two weeks, two teams we picked on. So this is kind of a similar spot we're in with the Dolphins, right, a few weeks ago when they were going to San Francisco. Uh, you know, the, the Dolphins were on a run where they were beating up on literally all these same teams. Uh, the, you know, the, the Bears, the the you know, the, the Browns, the, all those teams, the, the Lions themselves. Um, and then they went into San Francisco and, you know, kind of got, you know, taken out of their game plan. And then again on Sunday night. So this is kind of the big litmus test game because Jets defense we know is inherently good. Uh, and we know that, you know, we were not going to get ahead of our skis on Jared Goff. You know, even the last two weeks we picked our spots. We were good. Let's get in and get out uh, while the getting was good. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of where we are with the Lions. They're, they're like, are we going to run any guys back here is the thing. So all the values on the other side, it's on the Jet side, whether you want to play Zonovan Knight. And you still, I think you still can, you know, entertain him. Uh, Lions have been good. But they what they've really been doing is just giving up all this passing volume like you alluded to. Since their bye, they have allowed the most receptions, the most receiving yards to opposing wide receivers. It's really – just funneled everybody to another weak spot of their team. Like the Titans are doing this too. Cause the Titans have like, we'll talk about them on the show. They have all these injuries. And it's like, dude, be worse against the run. Like you, you might be better if you just give up some <laughs> rushing yardage, like just give up some runs. Like it would be cool. Yeah. Cause cause the lines have gotten so have improved so much against the run that it's just like teams are like, all right, well, I guess we have to throw. And the worst part of their defense is still their secondary. Uh, DraftKings refuses to price Garrett Wilson up. Like if you go to any of like your optimizers and Roto Grinders has a great one if you guys want to use it and sort by ceiling. Don't try to optimize because you're gonna get median projections, but sort by ceiling and look at the pricing of all the guys on DraftKings and tell me who stands out. Like 
Garrett Wilson is is just getting there. He he's already been a top fifteen scorer in, in four of his past six games. He's got a massive ceiling. He uh, has been targeted thirty one percent of the time on the team when against man coverage. And the Lions play man coverage is the fifth highest rate. Uh, he's been targeted on twenty nine point three percent of his routes against man coverage. Nineteen point seven versus zone so you got significant splits there and the dude just barely i think he just got the 6k on DraftKings, uh just absolutely lagging and then we're gonna see elijah moore get some burn like we talked about last week but now he had even a greater run out because Corey davis went out with a concussion after just nine snaps he ran around a 92 percent of the dropbacks and the matchup is phenomenal because he's still playing uh pretty much in the slot and now hoping to play in two wide receiver sets uh, and the Lions, like we talked about weekly, are just getting flooded by opposing slot receivers, and he's 3,600 on DraftKings, so he'll be a popular, popular pay-down guy. What do we know on a Wednesday night as far as Davis? Because obviously he's still questionable with concussion. Uh, we're, we're projecting him in, and the reason why I'm asking, I did run those optimals. Uh, the second-highest ownership guy on DK is, of course, Garrett Wilson. This is the first week since I can't remember uh, where Amon Ra is not like in the top as far as lock and load. He's actually only hitting 4% of optimals on DK. And again, Wednesday night, Grand Assault, yada, yada. And on Vandal, the same deal. He's hitting 1%. But what's interesting here, Rich, um, three different Jet receivers were projecting Davis in. 40% uh, have, have Wilson in it, 17% of Elijah Moore, and 16% of Corey Davis. And like you said, Detroit's not getting a ton of run back, which, um, which is – you know, it's a tough matchup. They're outdoors, and I don't really know what to do with the Lions because I'm on Rouse like the easy one, generally. But now he's getting uh, downgraded because of this matchup, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, the Jets have been so good defensively. Uh, they don't have a great, like the greatest resume. They've got the Bills twice on there, uh, but it's we know like the strength of the, the strength of this team, and the Lions kind of don't match up with it, which is why it's a really good litmus test for the Lions and Ben Johnson, who are getting all the the praise here. John, what's your thoughts as far as uh, these receivers? Do we know, I guess, about Davis, or we're just kind of we're in limbo? Right? Either, I mean, listen, I just assume anyone that has a concussions out the next week that's, until, that's until the way told I'm, otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And, and Davis was DMP on Wednesday, still in the concussion protocol. Uh, that's how the way I'm handling it too. And if that's the case, then we're really just asking how are people going to handle it, knowing they want to play both Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore on DraftKings in particular, where they are the cheapest. Uh, Jamison Williams got loose last week in the secondary. Nobody was on him, like for a 40-yard touchdown. I think that's the only catch he had. And I want to say like 19% of snaps. Like he increased from 19, well, 11% to 19%. Still probably not all that relevant. I don't know when. got six pass happen. routes. Yeah. Is, is that jump going to happen or just not going to happen? I think it's slow, slow burn here. Slow burn. Uh, DeAndre Swift, he's he's fetch, right, man? That's That's not going to happen. Uh, we love the talent, but you got to like have the, uh, the opportunities and that's just, you know, few and far, I guess he's getting some, but I don't know if he's getting enough for me to be uh, excited about him. And it's still a three man backfield there with Justin Jackson's not going away. It appears, um, Rich, your favorite, uh, your thoughts as far as the lions or the lions kind of a fade this week and the way we're talking, is it kind of weird that the lions are favored? Should they not be favored in this game? I kind of like the Jets here in this spot. Uh, you know, that's not you know, my professional gambler's opinion. You know, like I, listen, I don't know, <laughs> not, not some kind of shark here, but I do like the Jets in this side. I think it's set up. For, I think this is set up for a comeback game. Like I said, it reminds me literally like two weeks ago the Dolphins. Like this really feels like a similar spot. This is not a five star, ten star lock in the yeah. <laughs> oh, play of the week. 
But I do like the Jets. Uh, I think that just the, from a matchup stance, you know, the UD and USA styles to take fights. And I feel like this is stylistically where where the Jets can succeed. I don't think that the Lions are really going to slow them down uh, with Mike White. Now, if Zach Wilson plays, you know, hey, all bets are off. But uh, uh, I do think I do think the Jets can can slow the Lions down. Wouldn't Flacco play in front of Wilson? No, they said they already elevated. They said that really? Wilson's the backup this week. Oh. Well, yeah, I wouldn't bet the Jets then. <laughs> <I would. laughs> that is, is that, does that surprise you? I have not seen that news. That surprises me. I mean, listen, they're trying to protect the, the Fabergé egg here. They're trying to coax something out of this. But listen, Zach Wilson ain't happening. Yeah, that, that's the real fetch. I shouldn't have called you. You, you can also give your lock of the week in 17 days, Rich, since you will be able to sports bet legally in 17 days. That is true. I will be. It's, it sounds like they're moving it up from January 1 just for the Georgia Bowl game. Uh, that way everyone in Ohio can bet. Yeah, shout out Al, my bookie. <laughs> it was a good run. It was a good it was run. A good, it was a real good run, Al, for you. <laughs> Al's not happy. He cannot be happy. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. There's a lot of use, right? I imagine there's a lot of use out there. Um, <laughs> Richard, I mean, uh, John, are you, you're, uh, are you in a state where you can gamble legally right now? Yeah, Illinois. Uh, pretty much every book at your handheld device, not to mention I live in Lincoln Park, which is like six blocks away from the actual FanDuel bar sports book. So, yeah. You ever everywhere. go there? Put pants on? Oh, yeah. I, I meet up with um, like Waz <laughs> from Fantasy Life, uh, Andy Barons from Yahoo. Like, we'll all go out for the games there some Thursday nights. Look at you name dropping. That mm-hmm. sounds like good times, though. Just, I, I've never been people to People who live in Chicago. <laughs> What what about the Silva? Is the Silva not? Gonna, is there a? Is that not happening? Silva's in the burbs, so he he ain't making that drive on a late Thursday night because that would mean he'd be staying with me. So I'm definitely not even telling him I'm going. <laughs> You've had enough. You guys hit the quota as far as living with each other. Yeah. Fair enough. We do, we need a season off. He it's is hard, he is hosting a Christmas or the night before Christmas Eve party at his place, which I'm really worried about since there are 11 games the next day. Very worried. <laughs> Uh, I didn't even, I guess Christmas is on Saturday, I guess, I suppose. It is, and they put 11 games on Saturday. Dean, Christmas is Sunday. Curious. Oh, yeah, Christmas Eve is on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Christmas is on Sunday. There is 11 games on Christmas Eve and three games yeah, yeah. on Sunday because the NFL hates us. Oh, yeah, I didn't do. notice. Yeah, yeah, I'm always yeah. focused on exactly what's like one day in front of me. Interesting. Yeah. John, you're building a stack in this game. How would you go about doing it? It would have to be, if Mike White starts, it'd have to be Mike White double stacks. Uh, probably still with a Monroe St. Brown. Like Rich said, it's been two routes and six routes in these two games for Jameson Williams. And then last week, he didn't even run a route. Like the backup safety just lost the play, had no idea what he was doing. And Jameson Williams just ran right by him. So, yeah, I think it would be a Monroe St. Brown. Uh, not really any confidence in anyone else. It seems like, you know, Jamal Williams is already depending on solely on touchdowns to get there. But if we don't think the Lions offense is going to carry a lot of weight, then Jamal Williams definitely ain't getting there. And then we have to consider DeAndre Swift's 18 touches two weeks ago, just a blip on the radar, considering he's been at single-digit touches in five of his last six games now. So not a lot to trust here, honestly. Anything else to add here, Rich, or shall we move on? Let's keep moving. Dallas-Jacksonville. Dallas coming off that horrendous game versus the Texans. Jacksonville uh, is thriving. Uh, Good game against the Chiefs. That was Detroit, wasn't it? I think it was Detroit. I remember those games correctly. They were good against somebody. Uh, they are at home. They're four-point uh, underdogs. 
this uh, I mentioned the blitz from Derek Cardi. This game actually is projected to have the most plays. Uh, Rich, how do we feel about Jacksonville and Dallas? Um, you know, Lawrence's look great. Dallas, you know, tough defense, obviously. What's the read here? Yeah, this game's got uh, some potential here to, to shoot out. Uh, you know, the Jags defense, listen, we talked about them last week too. I mean, this defense is deplorable. Uh, you know, uh, Ryan Tannehill kind of got there last week for Daigle. Uh, you know, he wasn't the worst. Um, you know, the ceiling wasn't there, but he was still a solid play if you streamed him considering, in long league. Considering he didn't have Traylon Burks and still got the 18 points with a fumble and an interception, we will take it. We'll take it as a small victory. <laughs> yeah, but the the Jags, uh, uh, since week seven, uh, 31st in yards allowed per play, only the Bears are worse. Uh, over that same span, the Cowboys are number one in the NFL, uh, since Dak came back. So, and then we got uh, the Dallas defense is so there's an interesting angle here because Lawrence is another one of these guys that's been a little bit of a paper tiger. Uh, you know, uh, he's only faced one defense in the top 15 in passing points allowed over his past eight games. And that was the Broncos. He was the QB 28 that week. He was awful. Uh, Dallas is sixth in the league in that category. Uh, but Dallas has a bunch of injuries. Like a, they, they had a, a flood of injuries in the secondary over the past weeks. You know, Anthony Brown gets hurt against the Colts. Jordan Lewis is hurt. Jaron Kirst gets hurt before the game last week. Trayvon Diggs leaves last game. He comes back. He's probably going to play as a thumb injury. I assume he's going to play through it. So they've got some young guys playing in the secondary here that could open this thing up, right? Like when you look at the surface level and you're like, well, the Cowboys defense is pretty good, but back-end cluster injuries are starting to happen, so we could see some things open up. The Texans were able to move the football through the air on them. Um, the mighty Texans, where Chris Moore is uh, – you know, <laughs> no, listen, I played Nico Collins for four damn weeks in a row and got nothing out of these targets. <laughs> and then Chris Moore comes in and just and, – and catches all of them. All he was Devontae Adams. He was amazing. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Uh, so there is some opportunity here for, I think, people to look on the surface. Like, I don't know if I want to touch Dallas and a little hesitation – uh, maybe the injuries catch up here. We see the Jags guys kind of get hot, uh, and there's an open here for the Jags to have some good passing volume. John, the Jags? Yeah, and in this little stretch since week nine, I will say, you know, Trevor Lawrence hasn't been pressured on over 30% of his dropbacks, and or he was only pressured on over 30% of his dropbacks in one of those games, and that was against the Lions. And yeah, he was injured against the Lions, but he also didn't miss the possession. He came back and, and then, of course, won everyone that slate just last week against the Titans. Also, eight of Lawrence's 10 touchdowns in, the la- in that span have come inside the 20. And um, since they're by, and maybe the injuries like actually just cancel this out anyhow, but since Dallas is by, they've allowed the league's fewest pass attempts and completions inside the red zone. Been one of the better defenses there. And so... Yeah, I think it's enough to question the Jaguars' offense where, as Rich said, as we've talked about on this show before, we don't question the Cowboys' offense because they are facing the Jaguars' defense. It is literally that simple. Dallas is averaging 35 points per game since Prescott returned from injury. Uh, Jaguars are allowing 22 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks since week six. Only Russell Wilson hasn't finished as the quarterback one against them in that span. And even in the last month, the Jacksonville's permitting the highest rate of passing touchdowns, including a 62% completion rate with a league high nine touchdowns inside the red zone. So I, I think we're getting, you know, Dallas's team total right now is at 26 and a half. I, I think we're seeing a 30 ball here, at least for them. Whereas, yeah, I, I do question like what the Jaguars are going to bring on their side. All right, Rich, talking about these uh, Cowboys projected for what, 26 point team total, potentially can get the 30 or so. Uh, how are we attacking the Jags with the Cowboys? 
Yeah, I love Dak this week uh, for the reasons Dago kind of, you know, highlighted. I mean, look at some of the guys that have had spike weeks against the Jaguars, right? Like Tannehill, like I said, 18 points there. But Matt Ryan at 27 points against them. Daniel Jones, 29. Uh, Goff, 22. Like, it's not like they're getting beat by, like, Mahomes and Burrow and Jalen Hurts. Like, these are guys that are straight streaming, quality guys, and they're putting up big numbers. So uh, I think it's a good bounce back spot for Dak. He's, he hasn't played bad, but, like, he hasn't like been completely sharp. The turnovers have been there. He's had spots. And also like there has to be some give with these running back touchdowns. Like there's no way that Tony Pollard and Ezekiel can continue to get away with this. Uh, <laughs> like Jesus, man. It's, it's, dude, since Zeke's come back, they have 11 touchdowns that like for a combo backfield, like that's like absurd. Uh, absolutely nuts. And maybe we'll, this won't be the week it runs out, but like the Cowboys do have a harder schedule coming up and maybe we'll see some give on those rushing touchdowns. Uh, because like, this is like a split where you looked at like the, I've always compared it even preseason to like the Packers, right? Like Pollard should be Aaron Jones. Zeke should be AJ Dillon, but like, they're just smashing right now. Absolutely. Like, they have 732 yards the past month combined, 11 touchdowns. Like Pollard has 10 touchdowns in his past six games and Zeke has eight touchdowns in his past six games. That's like, that's wild to have two running backs with that kind of touchdown production. So I like the idea of being ahead here and playing the passing side of it. Maybe I'm just a donkey and we'll just see more touchdowns from the the running backs. Yeah. Like they're essentially like Jamal Williams, right. Uh, (laughs) As combined forces uh, for for Dallas, getting all those touchdowns on the ground. Uh, John, your your favorite play on Dallas this week is who? Dalton Schultz. Oh, are you ready? Are you ready for that? Uh, yeah. Well, if we're playing Dak stacks, it's all, it's obviously CD Lamb. We want to get a part of this, but I think the double stacks lead us because of this running back regression, because of looking for a second partner to bring along with Dak. Jags are allowing the most yards per attempt, yards per snap, third and yards per game as well to opposing tight ends. Um, Schultz also leads the team with seven end zone targets since Dak returned or over the last month since their Cowboys buy the next closest on the team being Gallup with two. So I think there's a lot more touchdown upside here with Schultz as well. So Dak, CD lamb Schultz, that's kind of where it starts for me. Rich, how would you build a tournament lineup uh, with this, uh, with this game? I think uh, Dak lamb Schultz and then Christian Kirk. We're going back to the Christian Kirk. Well, Mm -hmm. I think he has the matchup advantage. So if you look at it now from a season stance, like Zay Jones and Christian Kirk basically have identical usage this year. Kirk's been targeted on 22.2% of his routes. Zay Jones, 22.6. Kirk has 27.9% of team air yards and an 8.6 depth of target. Zay Jones, 24.5% of the air yards and a depth of target of 8.2 yards. But where Cowboys have really been beat up is in the slot. And maybe it doesn't matter at all in this matchup just because of the injuries that they've had. But I do think there's a, a reasonable reason to go back to Christian Kirk. I mean, they've allowed a 9.2% touchdown rate to opposing slot receivers. Uh, that is a league high. Um, so I like Kirk. He's shown more of a ceiling. Although Zay Jones has had, you know, two weeks ago had a really high ceiling. But I feel like Zay Jones just like, because people always bring up the expected points angles. But like all that does to highlight to me is it just shows that Christian Kirk's a better player than Zay Jones. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like... <laughs> Are people going to chase Ingram this week? I mean, it doesn't seem like – like, obviously, that's an outlier, what happened last week. 15 targets is insanity. Was that just something Tennessee defensively does? Like well, this- they, Tennessee, I mean, they have all these guys injured, man, the same thing. Like, all, like, so they had a great game plan to attack them where, where their injuries were. 
Well, I mean, that's a good segue, I think, going into game three, because game three is the aforementioned the Tennessee Titans at the Chargers. 47 and a half is the total Chargers. Three-point favorites here. Um, well, I'll, I'll talk to you, Rich. Uh, are we all of a sudden going to, you know, if it's not Everett, is it Mike Williams or is it Keenan Allen? Are we passing the ball here for the Chargers? Well, I mean, we're on this. Is, this was made for the Chargers. The Chargers can't run the football. <laughs> and the Titans only stopped the run. So, yeah. I mean, Herbert leads the NFL 47.4 dropbacks per game, and the Titans face a league high 40.2 pass attempts per game. This game was made to, for this, like, for the Chargers to keep doing what the hell they're doing and for the Titans to keep getting beat the way that they've been getting beat. Uh, same thing, Austin Eckler, like a high Austin Eckler receiving game. It's probably in the books here. Uh, I like Big Mike this week just because, I mean, I, you keep probably talking to me about any Charger and I like him. But I do like Big Mike this week. Uh, he play. He came back. He did run a route on 73% of dropbacks. I, I would wager that goes up this week. Uh, he plays outside. Uh, the Titans have been smoked by all perimeter wide receivers. Uh, they've allowed a league high 8% touchdown rate to opposing boundary wide receivers. Uh, on downfield targets, and Big Mike leads the team with a 17% you know target rate downfield. They've allowed a league high 27 receptions to wide receivers and 10 touchdowns. So I like Big Mike, but... Pick a charger, any charger. John Power ranked the Chargers. <laughs> it is big Mike for me as well. Thinking we're going to get more usage in that one. I, I do like sneaking in Austin Eckler as a stacking partner. Uh, Titans are still allowing the third most catches per game to opposing running backs. And yes, like Eckler won't get there, at least in terms of rushing production on the ground. But that hasn't mattered anyways. Like that dude's been over 50 rushing yards and just one of his last eight games like he's not gonna get he's not gonna get there anyways of that we're counting on touchdowns in his receptions so I, I don't mind Herbert Eckler and Mike Williams uh, but obviously more people will probably get to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams Gerald Everett sneaking him in also a, a pretty good option thinking no one's gonna play him Traylon Burks is still in the concussion protocol last I saw on a Wednesday night so and he already missed his week right he missed last week so maybe yeah. he'll come back we'll see stay tuned um, his was pretty scary. His hit, like, cause that was one where like they zoomed in. Like the Russ one, they zoomed in last week, and it's just like, oh, this dude's like kind of out of. Like, you could tell like Russ was way out of it, and Burks's hit was kind of scary like that too, um, a couple weeks ago. So maybe he misses more than one. We saw Mixon just miss two weeks. So yeah, keep an eye on it. So like, if he doesn't go, there's a bunch of cheap receivers on Tennessee. I don't know if anybody. I guess are we going back to Chig? Chig is only still only three one. Uh, he, he got the people a touchdown last week. I don't think the usage was incredible. You can tell me, Rich, uh, as far as Tennessee. But the, the pass catchers, the collection of names is a who's a who of players you don't really want to roster. But they're cheap and they're runbacks. So uh, what do you got for me as far as the Titan receivers? We'll talk Henry in a second. Yeah, Hooper still ran more pass routes than Nkankwo. But, you know, they're they're finding way. Like when Nkankwo's in the game, he's in the game for a purpose. Like he's one of the, the first read guys. Uh, he had a nice two-point conversion catch, too. Uh, they're running plays for him when he's in the game, but he was 21st among all tight ends in, in route rate last week. Uh, so you do have to run hot on the opportunities you do get for him. Uh, but he's an exciting player, and he's young and cheap, and we like those guys. So, listen, if it, he's the exact kind of tight end that, that we love to chase for all the best and worst reasons. Uh, I'm not playing any of these receivers, though. I'll tell you that much. Maybe, <laughs> the opposite uh, of exciting and young is Robert Woods, right? Is that that's the opposite? Yeah, man. Uh, well, I mean, Westbrook Akina got the tud last week, but 
I, I can't, I can't do it. It's going to be Derrick Henry run back. Right. And you just hope that they can hang in the game script. Yeah. It, it is scary though, for as good as the matchup is for Derrick Henry, because listen, the chargers are allowing a league high 5.5 yards per carry to running backs, 11 touchdowns to running backs. They're 30th in yards allowed prior to contact running backs. They're 32nd in yards allowed after contact the running backs. But we did see again last week. I mean, Henry got scripted out of the game. Uh, you know, luckily he did all that damage in the first half. He had just three carries in the second half of that game. So that's what you're still worried about because this Titans defense is so decimated. And maybe just the Chargers don't get there, right? Because they've been kind of that team. Like it's not like the Chargers are really lighting it up uh, on anybody. But you do need the the Titans to actually hang around. Even even Henry in that game actually went for eleven ninety six and one in the first quarter, and yeah. then he to- and then he totaled totaled <laughs> six for six for twenty five over the next forty five minutes because like he's averaging twenty two fantasy points and wins twelve fantasy points and losses now. Like if the Chargers run away with this, Derrick Henry's just done. And his backup got hurt, I believe. Is yeah. he hurt going forward? It's yeah. going to be Hassan Hassan. Haskins, Uh, Julius Chestnut has been active over Hassan Haskins the past few games. So I I think right now Chestnut is the backup. Okay. Um, Yeah, it was so weird. And I got confused. I forgot who was playing who last week. I care about this week and this week only. It was Jacksonville versus Tennessee last week. Jacksonville beat him up. All right. That took me a second. I don't know why I had him against Detroit a few minutes ago, but that was a mistake. My bad. Uh, John, jump in here. Feel free to give, uh, you know, if you want to pitch anybody as far as the, the Tennessee pass catchers. If we somehow get Burks, I assume we're interested in Burks, but it seems unlikely on a Wednesday night. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, things can change. But um, the rest of these names, and I still haven't seen a proof of life on Racy McMath. Who was Racy McMath? I don't know if that's a person. I, w- I wouldn't worry about it too much. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we need Burks. I would definitely play Burks if we get him. Uh, Ryan Tannehill may still be too thin, but honestly, my my quarterback poll on Sundays pretty thin already it's pretty small given the given the overall landscape of the slate and the matchups even good quarterbacks are in because we saw the same shit again from Jalen Hurts last week everyone thought he was going to win the slate in the first half but the Eagles are too good and they're kind of in another too good matchup where he has to get all of his production done in the first half against the Bears but uh, the Titans still remain top 10 in pass play rate in in neutral game script since Tannehill returned from injury he's reached 34 pass attempts in three of his last five games but Without Burks these past two weeks, they've actually run 12 personnel, two tight ends to get a Conquo on the field more on 49% of their snaps. That's been their primary package. And you just can't, like, you can't push anyone from 12 personnel whenever you have Austin Hooper on every single down between Robert Woods and Westbrook Akeen. So, yeah, we, we just need Burks here to get them back to more 11 personnel. Rich, we got anything else here as far as Tennessee and the Chargers? I think that just about covers all the guys. All right, that is the three main games we're going to talk about, fair players, position by position in a second. We'll tell you about Thrive in a second as well. But, John, you mentioned it before the show. You've done your research. And, uh, Rich, if you have anything to add, by all means, go for it. But He's done his research. He's, he, he's written all the games up. He knows what he's doing. I'm sure, yeah. Whatever you guys – I I have not. I have not looked at the stats. Don't, don't pin these shitty three games on me. Like, Rich and I are going to do this together. <laughs> You're going to do this together. You, you, you dug in. You want to share it with the people. Indianapolis oh, I love it. It's because I love short slates. Like short slates give you the best. It's the best time to go all in on like the absolute leverage. Like it's you see the angle and you play that angle and you die on that angle. Doesn't even matter if you're right, but you know what you're doing. <laughs> and so when I look and I say, what can go wrong when I play Matt Ryan over 40% Josh Allen? Like that's the angle. That's what I'm looking at in this oh first game. 
since it's the highest total on the board and rightfully so. And so we know like the Vikings are going to get there. Like the Vikings are going to get there. Kirk Cousins, I'm sure is popping and the rudder grinders optimals, uh, especially in only 6K, I think he is on DraftKings. Also like Gus Bradley leans on cover three. Cousins against zone coverage this year, 75% completion rate, 9.1 yards per attempt. Like the Viking receivers are definitely going to get there, especially because we also know Adam Thielen splits this year uh, over a half a yard more per route run against zone coverage compared to man coverage. So like the Vikings receivers are definitely going to get there. But at the same time, yes, Matt Ryan struggled before the bye, but you can also say he played the Steelers, Cowboys, and Eagles. Like he played three of the toughest pass rushes in the entire league, whereas the rare occasions Ryan did play elite matchups this year, Titans, Jaguars, and Texans, he passed for over 350 yards in all three of those games. And the Vikings defense, like it's something we talk about every single week, have allowed a 300-yard passer in six of their last eight games. Um, also five consecutive top nine finishes to quarterbacks. So I think it is a, a really sneaky game for Matt Ryan here to potentially take down the slate, especially if we're talking about weather and this low-scoring total for the Bills-Dolphins that maybe everyone's attracted to since it's it's already sunk from 48 points opening to 42 and only going down further as we get closer to Saturday. Yeah, three games, one in the Dome, the other two, one in Cleveland, one in Buffalo, uh, were in December, so potential weather lurking. I know there's been some reports, and you know who knows? Wednesday night, we'll see when it comes to Saturday. But like you said, uh, Miami-Buffalo, 43-and-a-half. It certainly suggests – that uh, that number suggests that weather is going to be potentially kind of goofy. I'm running optimals on the fly, by the way. I wanted to see if we can get anything. I'm just curious who like who is the um, like the cheap guy that's going to be jammed in everywhere. I'm trying to see. Well, Joku, Alec Pierce. Yeah, Alec Pierce will probably be the dude. And Matt Ryan is literally throwing downfield at the league's lowest rate. But yeah. at least we could say Alec Pierce is getting 57% of those deep targets. So there's uh, throw that coin right now. That's what's fun about this matchup is that where the Vikings are their worst is where the Colts have not done anything. Yep. So it's really fun kind of kind of a matchup here. The good thing is the Vikings are pretty bad at underneath throws too, so that it doesn't really hurt the Ryan play that much. I mean, on throws within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, and the Colts are number one in the NFL in those throws. They're last in the NFL and throws 10 yards or further. Minnesota 23rd in EPA per drop back allowed. Uh, league high, 72% completion rate, 11 touchdowns is 18th. So the opportunity is there. Uh, what can go wrong with Matt Ryan all the way? What can go wrong? I'm just seeing the cap looks really soft. because Jonathan Taylor at 7-2 on DK. Like, what is that? That seems I mean, really cheap. It depends what you do with the Dolphins receivers. Once you start trying to, like, play a one-off with Tyreek Hill and then you also fit Justin Jefferson, um, it gets tough. It, it's honestly, like, I think flex tight end may be optimal and this slate, given that like Njoku could just be far and away the best option here. Very first lineup in this optimal has Njoku and Mark Andrews. It's funny you said that. So a yeah. uh, couple of them have, uh, and we don't even know who's quarterbacking uh, Baltimore at this point on a Wednesday night. I don't think, right? Nothing's been settled just yet. Now, Tyler Hurley, I think was full practice today, but he's still in the concussion protocol. So it's, and it's a short week too. So it, they may just take it down to the wire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Plus what and uh, like we have the Browns who have like they've scored 16 offensive points on 23 possessions with Sean Watson. It's been miserable. Uh, but at the same time, like Ravens defense quietly this past month, they're giving up the highest completion rate on throws 20 yards downfield. That's where Watson, it's like opposite. It's bizarro, Matt Ryan. Like Watson is trying to go downfield. He's just been awful at it. He's only completed one pass 20 yards downfield so far. So I don't know. There's 
there that's where like the sneakiness comes from is that middling Browns Ravens game, uh, especially on a short week with JK Dobbins, 43% of snaps returns from injury, but now it's a second game back already on a Saturday kickoff. So who knows? Was it two years ago, John, that when we were talking about Donovan Peoples Jones every single week, and he's <laughs> we were way no, ahead of the market, right? He's a thing now. <laughs> it feels like two years ago, but it was actually just last year. Yeah. Was it just <laughs> last year? Yeah. <laughs> but still, I think we were ahead. Of, this is a victory lap for last year's podcast. We would mention him all the time, sometimes as a joke, but he he's not a joke at this point. Uh, he looks pretty uh, pretty legit out there for sure. Uh, who, Rich, your thoughts as far as this three gamer? Who's who's the player? That's just going to break the slate. Who's the slate breaker? Mm, that's it. I, I mean, Alec Pierce is definitely like the, the punk guy. I mean, Michael Pittman, if you want to pay for him instead of the other guys, you know, because obviously you'll get Tyreek and Justin Jefferson's always going to be popular. So maybe it's a guy like Michael Pittman uh, just comes in on drone because people want to play Pierce because of the matchup and his salary. So maybe a guy like Michael Pittman uh, don't know anything you do in that Browns game. I like Njoku but the rest of it is kind of a quagmire and the game could just be ugly. Like the first time they played uh, Nick Chubb's been really struggling. It's, it's tough, man. Everything about the Browns offense has really been a struggle. Like Dago said, the past two weeks, since Watson came back uh, just high leverage spots. He's been bad in the red zone. He's been bad on third down. He's been bad downfield um, real, real hard. And then the Ravens are the Ravens. Like the, this is the, the only the giants have fewer explosive pass plays than the Ravens this year. Uh, it's miserable. Everyone saw this coming with the Ravens too, by the way. Uh, it's just an absolute heartbreak. Uh, but and then Bill's Dolphins is supposed to have crummy weather. The Dolphins have gone to the West Coast back-to-back weeks. Now have a short week they go to Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, really kind of just a, a gauntlet that they've been put through here. Um, they're playing bad. Kind of the, We'll see if the blueprint is out on them and taking away the middle of the field. We'll see what the calibration is. Uh, Tyreek's a little bit banged up. Waddle, I think, has been banged up for like four or five weeks in a row now. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, like they can't run the football at all, which doesn't help them. Uh, yeah, real tough spot here. I think the they, they, the Dolphins. Somebody said they're just they're finally getting calibrated. They're finally getting adjusted back to East Coast time. But I'm pretty sure I know you said back to back, but they didn't they stay out there. I don't know if they stayed or not. I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. It, it's Wednesday, and yeah, Tua said in his presser today, he's like they're still trying to catch up to East Eastern time, and like it's Wednesday already. They got to kick off in like a few days. <laughs> Yeah, And the Bills also, like, uh, you know, on their own, right, like haven't been the hottest thing ever. I mean, it's a bummer we're in week 15, and the only Bill you can play with any confidence is Stephon Diggs. Like, the rest of these guys, I mean, that's why they're bringing they're bringing John Brown back, Cole Beasley back. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, nobody's giving them any production outside of Diggs at all. And it's another one of these weird splits for Gabe Davis week, right? Like, you're giving another man coverage every team. And Gabe just isn't getting open against man coverage at all. Is and, is uh, Beasley and Brown, are they playing? Are they going to be on the field? Brown was active on Thursday, last Thursday. I, don't, I can't remember if he was active on Sunday. Yeah, right? He's uh, not Brown's, really playing. Brown's played, or he's been active for both games so far, but he doesn't really play. Mm-hmm. They said Beasley may actually be ready to go by Saturday night. Um, but again, like, I guess it just depends then what the Dolphins do because – they blitz Josh Allen's face off. Like they led the league in blitzes in week three, this first time these two teams played. And he was But they awesome. stopped. They they did the first half and then they they completely changed the game in the second half. Because he half. threw for 200 yards in the first half. Yeah. <laughs> they were but, like, okay, well, we can't do this. Well, remember he had 71 dropbacks in that game. Yeah. But they stopped. They, they, they didn't blitz him really at all in the second half. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. 
BC is just going to take his, his five yard, like, uh, you know, in the slot. Like, how long you have to be uh, on the team to learn that, okay, I can do that. Yeah, that's not very difficult. I assume that that's what he would be asked to do. And why stop at Beasley and John Brown? St- where's Stevie Johnson? Where's he at? Is he available? Yeah, give us give a him Stevie a call. Day. Uh, I am, Emmanuel I am, Sanders, bring him back. <laughs> Given the uh, the lack of confidence I have, Lee Evans, and, bring him back. And Browns Ravens, um, I, I would take to get up to these receivers though, like to maybe play Jefferson and Thielen without Cousins and with Ryan instead. Um, I would play Raheem Mostert. I think that's that's really one play I'll probably try to be overweight on. Even though Dolphins, yes, aren't running the ball, but if we don't get Jeff Wilson, at least we think. Boaster will be an every down back and we may be able to get like five to seven catches from him. And that may be enough as your RB two in this slate. One more question as far as a three gamer, we'll move on the Saturday slates. Uh, Demarcus Robinson's four K Alec Pierce is three, nine. Do we have a hard stance as far as uh, these two? Any of you have a, a lean? I'm just thinking of like the cheap receiver. You guys both mentioned Pierce and uh, surprisingly our optimizer on a Wednesday night seems to favor Robinson. We don't know who's quarterbacking Baltimore, but just uh, just throwing it out there. And Robinson did have a 25% target share in his first game whenever Huntley came off the bench. Uh, the target shares got a little messed up last week since Huntley was injured and Brown came off the bench. But yeah, I could see uh, I could see definitely a, a cheap Ravens player sneaking in here, even if it's like Gus Edwards, if J.K. Dobbins gets scaled back. Because the Browns' rush defense is still bad. Uh, it's just like, who who's going to be the one to suck it up? and try to pick the right person from that Ravens offense. Like, they have, an, they have a 17.5-point team total. The Browns are at 18.5, I believe. It's just an ugly, ugly game, 37 points overall. All right, let's go ahead and talk about our sponsor, Thrive. Join in the fantasy prop action this NFL season with Thrive Fantasy. It's an easy-to-play, no-salary-cap-style contest. Revolves around over-under-style player props. Each prop has a fantasy score associated with that prop. The riskier the prop happens to be, the higher the fantasy score, rack up the most points for your share of the prize pool. Use promo code GRINDERS when you sign up for a deposit bonus up to $250 as well as getting free tickets. If you deposit between $100 and $499, you get two free $20 contest tickets. You deposit $500 or more, you get six free $20 contest, uh, contest tickets. Now that's in addition to the $250 deposit bonus. Terms and conditions do apply. Check out Rotor Runners review page for Thrive Fantasy in the description for more information. Again, that promo code is Grinders, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. Producer Steve's going to throw up the props on the screen. Now they have all sorts of sports and all sorts of slates. We're, we're focusing on the main slate. Uh, you got to pick 10 out of these 20 that are up there. Uh, don't get cute and bet Kyle Murray under because it's <laughs> just going to be voided. <laughs> He's... I guess this was already set. I'm not really sure why it's on there. Maybe you bet Hopkins under. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a benefit with Murray not in the game. That's kind of a bummer. He tore his ACL. But, John, I'll throw it to you. What are you seeing? What are you looking at? Who's popping for you as far as uh, your favorite props? And, again, as always, be as ambitious as your We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feeling. We get, go down a little bit. Uh, I believe Jared Goff, I think we get more point. No, we don't get, we get fewer points for, for an interception. Okay, never mind. Uh, go down a little bit more. I saw two or three I like. Uh, let's start with, uh, nope, I still look for more points. Um, Derrick Henry, I'll take 20 more points to go over, hoping they stick around. Uh, and again, Derrick Henry still, you know, has only eclipsed 21 touches in one of his last six games. But nonetheless, if they stick around, it's still a great matchup. So we'll take that over 92 and a half rushing yards. Uh, I'm trying to spike more here. Just listening to you guys talk, I'm you know I'm trying to spoon feed it to you. You know, feel free to pick your own. But you guys both like Mike Williams four and a half uh, t- catches over four and a half. You get 115 points. Sure, he he could get to 200 yards on four catches, but I'll go. Oh yeah, the the point bonus. It's not a sure. yards thing. It's a, yeah, you yeah. five catches basically 115 points. But 30 more points because of over four and a half. Yeah, I'll take that odds. Uh, go back up as well. There was one more. I like here. Um, maybe there wasn't one. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll take a chance on Alvin Kamara um, getting the 20 point bonus over 52 and a half rushing yards. We've seen in four games with that Mark Ingram, they do use Kamara as a bell cow. It shouldn't take Ingram being out to use Kamara for every touch, but he's handled 85% of backfield touches in four games without Ingram this year, only 71%, and the seven starts with Mark Ingram. So we think Kamara is going to get pretty much every touch in an amazing matchup against the Falcons. What do you have, Rich? Uh, yeah, Kamara was the one that I was looking at, especially because you look at the Saints too. I mean, their runout's been brutal. The last five games they've played Ravens, Steelers, Rams, 49ers, Buccaneers. Uh, there's a reason why, you know, they haven't run the football at all. And then his end of the season schedule, well, not the, the closer, but he's got Falcons, Browns, the next two. Um, yeah, Kamara was, he's, he's on my list for the guys for running back plays for sure. He's going to be mm-hmm. a guy that I'll be, I'll be honed in on. I think the field will be too. So we'll have to see where he's going to be checked in at, but he's definitely a guy I'm looking at. Um, they gave us, gave me some tough ones though. Like these are, are pretty wonky. Uh, you know, cause you got like Terry McLaurin, but like, it's a difference of a 40. Like they're all really wide this week. None of them. They're not giving us really a lot of fun ones, man. I'm trying to see. There's another one. I kind of, you guys sold me on it. You know, he's been playing great, great. Uh, and you said the secondary is kind of beat up a little bit. What about Trevor Lawrence uh, over one and a half, just two, two touchdowns, two passing yeah, touchdowns. Sure. And you're getting positive 115 points in that. I feel pretty good about that. Uh, yeah. We're getting, we're getting positive. That's we're all like for throw them a in. positive differential. Throw them in. All right, that's enough. We don't want to give them all away. Obviously, you got to fill up ten of those twenty, uh, and I believe that's a hundred thousand dollar contest. Wait, uh, no, that's a ten thousand dollar ten thousand the first, fifty thousand as far as total prize pool. They have Saturday only a contest as well. I didn't pull that one, but I wanted to stay consistent and pick from uh, the main slate. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, some quarterbacks we happen to like that we've yet to talk about. John, you said your your list was thin. What is on your list? We already talked about it. That's how thin it is. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I mean, g- genuinely, like, 
When I when I started writing down and like looking into plays, I was like, I think I only like Mike White, Dak Prescott, and Justin Herbert. Like that's pretty much it for me. Um, yes, Jalen Hurts is is a good play, but at the same time, again, I think the same thing happens as last week where the Bears, especially with Justin Fields not even practicing on a Wednesday, fairly limited here. So I'll kick it off to Rich to see what else he has. No, that's really it. Just Jalen Hurts. But if Goddard's going to play, then it makes the stacking, you know, kind of a mess again. So, you know, it was really nice these last few weeks to just know the ball's going to two to two guys. And that's what made it so fun. But, yeah, I'm kind of in agreement that the Bears – I just don't think the Bears punched back enough in that game. But uh, we did hone in on most of the field. Herbert, Dak, Lawrence, Mike White. All right, now let's move on to the running back. Uh, I'll let you start, Rich. I, I sell me on Kamara because, like, the box stores, uh, the box score has not been great. I just uh, laid it out for you. I mean, look at their yeah. schedule. Look at the schedule they had. And now he's a home favorite with the, the his backup just got hurt and is out for the year. Uh, Atlanta's allowing, you know, 15 rushing points per game to run it. Up. Uh, they're allowing 9.3 receiving points per game. That's 18th in the league. 137 total yards per game to opposing backfields. Uh, it's just it's, it's an easy spot play, and then the production is easy explainable to this point by one the state of the offensive line and then their opponents. It's been all it's been opponent driven. Prior to that, Kamara was roasting. You know he roasted the Raiders. You know the you know right before that, uh, who'd they play the week before the Raiders? The Cardinals was good in that game. Uh, was good against uh, Seattle, right? Like who's been we've been targeting every week with running backs. Like he hit in the spots he should have hit in, and has struggled. Uh, maybe he's had more of a lower floor than people expected, given Alvin Kamara. But I look at the, what they've played, and I say, yeah, these these teams have shut down at basically everybody that they played. So yeah, he, he'll be a guy. Hopefully, I, I hope most more people are like on your side, Dean. No, he's um, projecting really well. It's just kind of like he's popping, and he's hitting all the optimals right now, which is. So he's going to be popular. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I listen, Daigle laid out, though, too, if we're saying all those things about Jalen Hurts, like you go right back to Miles Sanders, man. It's another great yeah. spot for Miles Sanders. I mean, they have another massive team total. Chicago's getting absolutely flooded on the ground because they're bad <laughs> at against everybody. 27th in yards per carry, a lot of the running backs, 30th in rushing points per game. And if Miles Sanders is touchdown dependent, which he is, uh, the Bears also have allowed 14 rushing touchdowns, which is tied for the second most in the league. So we can go back to him. Uh, probably the ugliest play is, is James Conner, but his just he's getting so many opportunities. The role for his so price, cool. I mean, his past four games, he has 89 of 100 backfield touches. Uh, you know, three RB1 scoring weeks. He faced the 49ers in that stretch and still scored. The Patriots have been awesome against running backs. He had 114 yards and a touchdown against them. Uh, he's just getting the ball so much. If I told you in the preseason that Arizona was play, playing Denver and the total was 36 and a half, like what sort of like blizzard is going on in Denver at that line? That is insane. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're expecting Colt McCoy to Brett take Ripian and Colt Brett McCoy. Ripian. Yeah. I mean, man, oh, you saw Scott Hansen special baby, <laughs> but shout out Scott Hansen. Shout out the NFL. Uh, Ten games, six and four. I like that distribution. Six early, four late. Can we not coordinate this every single week? Can we not make that happen? All right. Um, Especially when the Bucks are one of the games at four always. Oh, geez. They are once again. They're unwatchable. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are unwatchable. Literally are. Yeah, so uh, in the NBA, there's a thing like League Pass. And I like the League, ba- League Pass power rankings as far as you know, most exciting teams to watch as like a, a neutral, independent fan. 
But it is if we did that for like league pass for NFL, you think Tampa is dead last? They're thirty-two. Who's, no. who's more unwatchable than Tampa Bay? Well, Denver. Yeah. The Rams. Dude, the the Bucks do the same thing over and oh, over that's... again. And it's literally <laughs> Brady getting rid of the ball within two seconds. They try to run on early downs, even though it's been fourteen weeks and they can't run the ball at all, and they know it too. Uh, dude, it is. They haven't reached 23 points in nine consecutive games. Like, they're a joke. It's so dude, bad. And, and if you watch the Bucks, every single player on their team, their head coach, everybody, they look like they're having a miserable time. <laughs> like, they just look like it is the absolute worst. Like, this, they, like, oh my God. Todd, every time they show Todd Bowles, oh, he just looks like this is the worst, like, experience of, of his life. What, what is the inverse of that, by the way? Is it, is it ridiculous to say, like, the Lions, is, let's throw them in the dome? Independent, neutral. The Lions are like a top five, like fun team to watch, aren't they? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Lions, yeah. Vikings. Vikings are pretty fun. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. Remi- uh, Cowboys are explosive. They're fun to watch. Philly. Bills. Um, Chargers are aggravating, but they're still somewhat fun. Mahomes, KC. Oh, yeah. KC, yeah, sure. Kelsey. Yeah. There, there are seven fun teams. That's it. <laughs> Pacheco also will be popular this week, too. People aren't going to chase the McKinnon game. Dean, uh, Dean, you played him in the thing. Did, did, did. you play? A, did you play a lot of him last week? I played. I made ten lineups on Fanduel, and he was in three of them. So I, yeah, because he was just a cheap guy that kind of made stuff work. But unfortunately, yeah. the rest of my players weren't spectacular. So. What a brazen play, though, on yeah. Fanduel too. Like it wasn't a DraftKings. Like you played him on Fanduel, and he was incredible. What a play! Yeah, yeah, he was five. I think he was five four. Um, and I didn't love it. I didn't feel I, I wasn't like I had some kind of amazing read. You know what? I think Mahomes is gonna like scramble and throw the ball like you know, it's the most absurd, innovative pass you've ever seen in the history of the NFL. That's what the uh, the Millie Maker winner, like he was in McKinnon was in winning tournament lineups as well. The Millie Maker winner had the double stack Lawrence with Henry and McKinnon in the flex, and it, he he lapped second place by 40 points. It was like a it was a no contest from the very beginning. He didn't need McKinnon. Like, didn't he? No, he did not need I've never seen a, a win that big in the Million Maker. Shout out, especially in such a large field. Yeah, he just like it was such a wide margin. It was essentially the nuts. Like he that that dude. I like to pretend like I do. That dude has the almanac. That dude knows Beth. Uh, you know, I want a full investigation. He's the <laughs> the DeLorean. I don't know what's going on. Ricky Moore was, on it for it sure. It was sound too. Like he still played a couple shock rod receivers. Like he went in on Garrett Wilson. He just had like the unique stack with the Jarek McKinnon who was 4,600, the same price as James Cook. So he's like, oh, well, I still need that cheap running back to unlock these like, wide receivers like Justin Jefferson. So yeah, sure. Play the cheap guy. Uh, shout out the chat. My first time noticing the chat, those that are watching us live, shout out Josh in the chat. Uh, Dolphins and Bengals. Yeah, there's more than seven fun teams. The Dolphins are fun, but they're clicking. I don't know if you mentioned the Dolphins. Dolphins are fun. You're right. Absolutely. I apologize. I should have noted the Dolphins whenever they're good. Yeah, I, I ignored them too. And the Bengals, they can be. They can be, sure. Yeah, the Bengals are, are hit and miss. Uh, they yeah. have fun players, right? They have players we want to watch. Yeah. But then when Zach Taylor gets on his bullshit, we're like, come on, I'm, man. I'm not watching Bengals Bucks. I'm not going to watch a second of it. I mean, it's going to sprinkle in on red zone. But, like, we didn't mention it. But no. P. Ryan won't be in the red zone. For fantasy. Like, I, I, we didn't touch on it, but, like, obviously – well, Piran took a big chunk out of Mixon last week, and you know there's no discount as far as price. I suppose you can do some things in tournaments if you want, uh, Rich. But you know, obviously Mixon has to take some hit going forward as far as his rates, right? Projection wise, 
Yeah, uh, he only played 58% of snaps, 69% of backfield touches. Those are his lowest rates in a game without an injury. Uh, ran a pass around 43% of the dropbacks. That was the second lowest rate in a game without injury. P. Ryan also didn't get enough touches on his own to have any value on his own. So terrible, 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 terrible situation. Uh, and that Bucks running back situation is the absolute worst because not even no guy even has like an archetype. Like they're just swapping them in and out and just doing the same stuff with both guys. Literally the worst type of split for fantasy football. John, open up receivers. Uh you know, if you want to play Pacheco or a Ch- any Chiefs player for that matter, it is a good spot for Juju back in the slot against the Texans too. I think you can skinny stack it with Chris Moore, as Rich talked about. We'll see what happens with Nico Collins. Didn't practice Wednesday, I don't believe. Didn't practice ahead of week 14. Think we might lose him. I don't expect Brandon Cooks to pretty much return at all this year. And Moore, I mean, he literally was Devontae Adams in that game. 40 percent of the team's targets 58 percent of their receiving yards and 56 percent of their air yards he also recorded their only red zone target in that game um and the same reason we played or rich mentioned jerry judy against the chiefs who are poor against wide receivers you can say that for chris moore and then i know we're going to get to elijah moore as we talked about as the cheapest option on DraftKings. um i think rashid shaheed may be a good play this week as, as ugly as that may be We've seen now his snaps, route participation increase in three consecutive games ahead of their bye. Uh, ran only two fewer routes than Chris Olave as the team's second wide receiver this past week. And the dude is nothing but like a big play specialist, averaging over 18 yards per catch. So if we're going to say he's going to have a higher target share, he's going to be involved against this Falcons defense that the passing metrics don't do it justice since they haven't played like a good quarterback in over a month. They, they faced Kenny Pickett. Justin Fields through the air, uh, Taylor Heineke, and P.J. Walker. But before then, Josh Palmer with Justin Herbert went over 100 yards. Uh, D.J. Moore went over 150 in, two, in a touchdown. Both Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd went over 130 with a touchdown. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo also spiked them for nearly 295 yards. So I think we're going to get some production through the air here. And so if everyone's going to look for Elijah Moore, I think it is a sneaky spot for Shahid and only 3,200 on DraftKings. That was not a game I a name I did not anticipate, but that's God, interesting. Yep. Yeah, I like it. Um, by the way, Moore is currently projected to have the uh, most ownership, or not most ownership, but hitting the most, um, you know, optimals at right now on a Wednesday night. No surprise. Uh, he's fairly popular as of right now. We'll see how that goes going forward. Um, that catnip, man. Love it. <laughs> Can't know. 3,600? Yeah, we're going to lock it in. We didn't what does miss- that get me? <laughs> what good player does that get me? I, just a, a general thought, Rich, as far as Ryder, Ritter taking over the, the role there for Atlanta, does it help? Does it hurt uh, pieces like London? Can it possibly be worse as far as the passing? Uh, for uh, we've, we've said that before many times in our lives, and uh, it can always be worse, even yeah. when it is worse, even when it's bad. So I you mean, told me. I think it'll probably be uh, a conservative game plan for Martha Smith, like always. I mean, I don't think it makes a major change. They're 13% below pass rate expectation. 32nd in early down patching rate. Uh, he's Greg Roman, man. He's really good play designer, not the greatest of always play callers. Uh, I think they're going to take it easy. And Ritter wasn't a guy that was like a, a drop back 35 plus time quarterback at, at Cincinnati either. So I do think that they'll use his legs a little bit, but I think it'll be an overall conservative kind of game plan for them. And that's really it. I mean, I'm not playing any Falcons. That's all I know. Okay. Yeah, that, that's yeah. kind of what I'm not going to play any of the Falcons. Uh, I mean, we're just like wondering if we can still flex 
Drake London in seasonal leagues, like let alone play him in DFS. But yeah, he's talented, but man, he can't throw the ball to himself, I suppose, or even call plays for even passing plays. But all right, and in a dome this time of year, it's just in theory it looks appealing, but yeah, you kind of talked me well off it right, right away. I mean, he's cheap enough. Good play your guys, man. Play yeah, he's four seven. <laughs> all right, uh, you played Jarek McKinnon last week. Smash. Well, that was a salary thing. I didn't love Jerry. I'm not taking that victory up. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not like proud of myself for doing it. And again, I still lost. But like, uh, you know, it's it was it just sort of fit. That's it, just what I what I uh, what they, they had a t- they had a high team total. They only have two running backs they use. Yeah. Like, I think it I think it was a sound play given the salary. Yeah, um, and you know, McKinnon obviously you prefer generally in theory, you know, uh, receiving wise on DK with the full point, but just the way things worked. Um, but you know, we still, we still lost. We'll talk about your movie in a second. I'm really curious, Rich, what you're going to sign us, but did you give your receivers? I apologize. I got derailed down my head. I'd like Daigle's quarterbacks. I mean, a lot of the receivers that I want to play are in the games that we talked about. Yeah. Uh, you know, outside of, you know, jamming in Jamar chase, uh, you know, it looks like T Higgins is going to play, but I still would love to jam chase, uh, in lineups where I can. And then you have to monitor him because he's also in the concussion protocol, but, uh, Jacoby Myers, uh, at four seven on DraftKings, just literally has an optimal spot if he can get back on the field this week. Uh, leads the team in target rate with Devontae Parker off the field, who's also now in concussion protocol. Uh, Raiders play man coverage at the sixth highest rate. He's got thirty one percent target share in his routes against man coverage, and paired with the Raiders, are also one of the worst teams to slot receivers at four seven. I would love to get sneak in some Jacoby Myers. You have some tight ends you want to you want to endorse, John, or at least mention the names that they exist and they're playing uh, football this weekend. Not really. Uh, <laughs> everyone's 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 going to go back to Greg Dulcich, aren't they? Yeah, he plays the Cardinals. I guess the Cardinals. Is that still a thing? Tight ends against the Cardinals? I feel like that's been a thing for seven years. Is it still real? It, it keeps cooking. It's as long as they're going to as long as they're going to keep drafting off ball linebackers that they don't want to play in the first round. Uh, Still really, yeah. damn it. Uh, all right, so Dolchich, we're gonna be t- really. That's what we're doing. I mean, I'm gonna play. I want to play Schultz, like Daigle said. If yeah. I can, if I can fit him in, I want to play Schultz. Schultz is awesome too because people are going to play Ingram. Uh, they will chase it at his salary, whereas Schultz is just a better outright play. Yeah, forty five percent of optimals are hitting Dolchich again. Like, come on, man, enough with this guy. This is like it's like Foster Moreau again. I just I mean we have the Brett Ripian factor, so maybe he he dots him up. Uh I love the Brett Ripon's an upgrade. You're selling it as an upgrade. The Brett Ripian factor. Yeah. Over the two hundred and fifty million dollar quarterback. <laughs> Listen, man, Russ Russ isn't pepper in that shallow area of the field. Oh my god, it's so wild. And you might actually be right. Like that's the thing. It's like you're I don't think you're wrong necessarily. <laughs> uh but he's yeah. gonna be he's so cheap. I mean, people won't be able to he's cheap and he plays the Cardinals. That's all that's literally where it stops. Like it doesn't even matter who the player is, right? If I just tell you there's a, a tight end that's what three six or five and five six at Bando and he's playing the Cardinals, you're probably like, like well, sure. I guess. Yeah, yeah sure. Why Why not? sure. <laughs> it's it's literally Schultz or a Conquo for me, like who's still thirty one hundred mm-hmm. on DraftKings. Like that's mm-hmm. those are my sure. oh, that's my pool. Those are my two players. Yeah, yeah. plug him in. Conklin. I mean, if you have money, Kelsey, obviously, but who's got money? And Conklin's one of those guys, like, is, like, you're literally just selling the matchup. Like, he's not doing anything to make you want to play the player. And that's any that always gets you in trouble in, in fantasy football, especially DFS. Well, I think we're done as far as our uh, fantasy football analysis. We're going to talk about movies. Is that it? Unless we got anything else here, John? 
think that about wraps it up. Two days of games. We covered it all. Rich, you got anything else to mention before we talk a little yeah. bit about movies? We're happy if you guys want to stick with us. And we're it's not gonna be long. You know, we, we do our little four-man. The winner of the four-man assigns the three losers a movie to watch, and we discuss it briefly and we keep that going forward. Rich is gonna assign us a movie. I'm curious what it is. But unless you guys uh, you know, if you don't you don't want any part of that, if you guys are listening, by all means, appreciate y'all watching. Stay tuned for week 16 coming in a week. Uh, but yeah, Rich, unless uh, anything else as far as uh, this week, talk about uh, let's talk about some movies. Let's well, let's talk about Steve's movie from last week. Yeah, let's bring on producer Steve. Producer Steve. Uh, Steve was the winner. He was the big winner last week, and Steve, you had us watch. Now I think we all have seen Baby Driver, but we saw it a second time, I believe. I don't want to speak for everybody. I don't no, I, I didn't see it. I haven't seen it until I watched it this time. Oh, then go. We we have to yield to you. What what was your thought as far as watching Baby Driver the very first time? So, some good camera angles. Uh, the soundtrack's really good. I just don't think it's my flavor. Like Dean, oh. Dean, as you mentioned about uh, Sideways. Or no, yeah, maybe Sideways, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just don't, like it's fun. I don't know though, but it's not Fast and Furious enough for me to really enjoy it. <laughs> but it's also like not a comedy enough for me. I don't know. It, it just felt like I wasn't sure what I was watching. So yeah, it, it was good. It was okay. Is That's more Fast, about it. Fast and Furious a positive or a negative? It sounds like it's saying it's. A oh no! Or. If you're gonna be fa- if you're gonna be Fast and Furious, be Fast and Furious, or or like do the opposite thing and be like a driver with uh, with uh, Ryan. Someone help me out here. Gosling, I think. Gos- yeah, Ryan Gosling, and just go like a creepier, serious angle of that kind of attitude. But like this was like, I don't know. It was Four like what? It was like a. It was in Bruges but with a car I, I can't really I can't decide like the flavor of the movie so yeah it just wasn't for me critics love it 92% as far as tomato meter the audience score is 86% yeah it, it's a I mean I've lost it, my edge was it good that you watched it your one time though and got the watch yes absolutely it's it's genuinely been on my list for the last two years and I've just haven't sat down for some reason to watch it at all uh, I'm a fan of all of those actors, so yeah, it was it was enjoyable, especially Kevin Spacey, of course. Right? <laughs> yes. Kevin Spacey, of course. It was Who weird was... to see him, like, because yeah. I feel like he's been just ostracized, and we haven't. This is like his last well, role, yeah. basically. I, uh, I feel like it was, yeah, yeah. But Fox he was ostracized awesome. for a reason, yes. Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm not, uh, I'm not making light of that. But it was just weird seeing Kevin Spacey. I was like, oh yeah, Kevin Spacey used to be, and he's such a great actor. The whole thing's so unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, Barenthal is fabulous. Ham is fabulous. Jamie Foxx was good to see. Non-starring role. But nice to see him popping mm-hmm. up there. What was your thoughts there second time around, Rich, as far as Baby Driver? Uh, I mean, I enjoy it for what it is. I like a lot of Edgar Wright movies. So, I mean, he he, he definitely is, is more of a fun movie. They're, like, they're all kind of like light to watch. You know, they're easy watches. Uh, more there for like enjoyment purposes. Uh, not the deepest of characters in this one for... For him but uh just a, like it's, it's fun i i enjoyed it soundtrack makes up a lot of a lot of ground here uh and uh parkour well you got a good parkour i don't know like there was a phase where like everyone did parkour in movies and you get a parkour uh segment here you do get that <laughs> edgar right known for Shaun of the dead and scott pilgrim and that's those are definitely two um and i think steve's brought up world's end a few times steve is that your, is that your wheelhouse no, it was it was this. Oh, is this the is that. My bad. All right. Yeah. The Scott Pilgrim, though, I'll, uh, I'll I'll always stop on Scott Pilgrim every time. 
It's an interesting movie. Like, I don't know how, how would you describe Scott Pilgrim to people? But yeah, there's certainly uh, Edgar Wright is his own edge. I, I will say the most recent one, Last Night in Soho, I watched that in HBO. I haven't seen that. Did I not that like either. it. I aggressively did not like it. Uh, did not. It was, a, mm. I appreciate the, it was ambitious. It was a big, it was a, I don't want to spoil it. You should watch it, I think. Right. I'm not recommending it, but I didn't like it. Uh, but I thought it would be good because Edgar Wright, like at least if nothing else, he gives like interesting movies, like you said. Um, but Rich, unless unless we have anything else, uh, uh, did you watch it again with us, uh, Steve? Or I guess you you didn't have to necessarily. You've seen it before. No, so? I didn't get to watch it again. But, where did uh, you guys watch it, by the way? What was it? Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. I think that's where I was. No, no, it was like three. I think it was three bucks. Uh, no, yeah, I pay. Yeah, I paid three yeah. four bucks for it. Yeah, I watched it on Voodoo. Um, Rich, now I have no idea what to expect. I mean, we, we haven't. This is your first time uh, signing a movie. I yeah, don't yeah. Real house. A lot of pressure. I feel like a lot of pressure, right? Like you know, bringing... take me through the thought process. Pick, picking the movie is the hardest part, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to do a theme, and I wanted to do a theme oh. that I thought uh, Dangle and you guys might appreciate because uh, I'm going to do multiverse theme, and you know, because it's somewhere in some genuine existence of this NFL season, it's good. And the games are good. And like these games on Sunday will be good. Uh, but I don't believe that that's going to happen in our universe. So I'm going to do multiverse theme. <laughs> I'll throw some out there to give you a choice. My favorite movie of this year was Everything Everywhere All at Once. I don't know if you guys saw that one. No, and I I don't know what it's about, but I've heard it's best if I don't know what it's about and just go watch it. So I'm It was my favorite movie that's of this what year. I heard too. I saw it a week ago. And I'll give Did you my. you like I, it? I had the same thoughts as I had on uh, the Edgar Wright movie. I, oh really? I look at that lineup. That lineup is fire, though. By the way, it's a hot lineup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Goff, Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, Chark, Kirk. Well, Mixon suck. But... The Detroit double stack was pretty nice. Chick, uh, yeah. you talked about, and Judy in the in the flex. Tampa Bay negative two points. They were worthless. They were yeah, beyond. yeah. You know, I that was a, that was a, an error on my part. Defense held me back this week. I from the big bucks. I wanted to like everything, everywhere. And well, everyone was playing the Steelers, so I thought uh, I'd just play the Bucks against Purdy, thinking at the same price I'd be all right. No. Yeah. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> I, I I wanted to like it, Rich. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I didn't hate it. I it's I, I'm trying to think what movie it, it's it, it's being like it's kind of Matrixy, right? I don't know how do you describe it. Matrixy uh... fair. I, I wouldn't call it more Matrixy. I'm trying to think of like. You don't think it's Matrix adjacent? Similar? There's some point. I don't want to give anything away necessarily. But like the I mean, movie. I don't want to talk about like what the the theme of the movie was. So yeah. Like yeah, you know, so I don't want to give it away. But I will throw some other ones in there. So uh, look, we haven't mixed any animation yet, but Coraline, uh, really underrated movie. Another animated. Uh, how about just Into the Spider Verse? Literally the dopest superhero movie ever made. Uh, we can go way back and do Time Cop. John claude Van Damme? Yes, Van Damme, Time Cop. <laughs> how, does, how do you jump is, to Time Is it that a South Park episode as well? <laughs> um, well, I was thinking, do you guys have multiverse movies to throw in here? Uh, you know, I have Donnie Darko on the list, uh, Looper. Uh, what else you guys got? I thought about suggesting Donnie Darko too, actually, but I didn't. <laughs> Can you explain the plot to Donnie Darko in 30 seconds or less? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've seen it several times. And I, I think I... Hot like Time I, Machine? 
Still funny. <laughs> Holds up. I kind of I kind of like the idea of watching Time Cop again, to be honest. Dean, is there any way that you've seen Into the Spider-Verse? You know, it's funny. I've seen the first half of it, and I didn't, <laughs> I liked it. I, I would be happy, okay. though, but I, I don't want to dictate. It's your it's your deal, but I'd be happy to watch that. And I know the new one's coming out. I saw the trailer just dropped, I believe, yesterday. People are excited about it. Not- there's another Spider-Man. I guess there's endless Spider-Man multiverses, but there's another multiverse Spider-Man? Well, this one will be... Uh there'll be a sequel to it. But I mean, if you guys haven't, it sounds like you guys wanted to see ever, everything everywhere all at once and haven't just gotten to it yet. I literally just watched it. Well, I'm talking about uh, Steven yeah. Daigle. I haven't well, seen if, anything on the list except Donnie Darko. So I'm good with whatever. If, I mean, if, if Dean hasn't seen all of the Spider-Man movie, I haven't seen the Spider-Man movie. So that, that sounds like it'd that. be more fun during a bad week of football games than anything. I like I the thing though, like you're thinking of the multiverse and you know. Yeah, you know yeah. I love a time time cop even entered the conversation, just like as <laughs> others mentioned, like others receiving. Well, the- I am. Listen, I'm 40. I grew up in the era, you know. I'm an '80s baby, and I grew up like those were the movie stars when I was a kid. Like those those were the movies that were box office draws. Uh, those those action they weren't good actors at all, but they were they were movie stars. Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Van yeah. Damme, like. Those movie, every one of those movies, man, we were going to see like all those movies. Uh, that's why I brought it up. Uh, yeah, Van Damme used to say some gems. I'll still jam with Hard Target, like for real, like all the time. What about uh, Roadhouse? You gotta go, you gotta, like, oh, yeah, I love some Roadhouse. And you know what? Uh, Swayze's in Donnie Darko. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. they're remaking in, Roadhouse, by the way, which that's I feel stupid. Like, that's God an attack it. on my child. Every time you tell me we're on this show, you tell me they're remaking something that I'm just mad about. <laughs> Like, why would you remake Roadhouse? All right, so we're going to do – we'll do Into the Spider-Verse then? Yeah. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. yeah. I'm good with that. I'm just going to pull up the cast. So you want to know the cast? I want to really ruin your night. You know that you know who's going to be starring in the, the remake to Roadhouse? Here, hit me with it. Well, this, this really brings it all the way back, right? We're talking about Donnie Darko? Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Is starring in Roadhouse along with Conor McGregor? What? Oh my god, it's gonna be bad. This yeah. is not gonna be good. We got oh, it. Oh. Um, okay, that, that's what I'm seeing according to the interwebs. When they're oh, never no. Conor McGregor, I'm guessing, is playing the Patrick Swayze role. God, I'm I'm, I, I might be out on this. No, 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 Jill Hall's Dalton. Okay, Jill Hall's Dalton. Okay, I don't know because I can get with Jill Hall, but man, Conor McGregor. Yeah, I don't know who Daniela Melkor is, but that's the female lead. I'm not sure if I should be aware of her or not, but okay. Um, all right, in, in like three years in this show, we'll be watching <laughs> Roadhouse. Somebody's going to be assigning Roadhouse 2. But uh, otherwise, I think that's it, right? We're good to go? Already step aside? Yes. Put it, put it on the board. Not, not No Way Home, Spider-Man, Daigle, Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. Spider- Spider-Verse. Okay. It's animated. Yeah, I think maybe No Way Home is the one I've seen, but Spider-Verse have never seen. Because No Way Home also is a multiverse movie itself, so. I've seen that. You'd be surprised to know. I've actually, I like some of the Spider-Man movies. I'm a little bit older when it comes to that. Yeah, I didn't mind that. Thanos isn't in that one, dude. No, no Thanos. (laughs) I was very upset. I was was waiting for an end credit, like, you know, sneak him in, like, after, like, let us know who the director was. Nope, did not make an appearance, unfortunately. Uh, John, you know, it's week 15. We got to do it. You got to tell the people just in case they don't know. I'm sure they're aware, but it's rude for me not to that, you know, ask you uh, to tell the people where they can find you on the interwebs. Sure. 44.com. 
there is still a rest of season sale going that will get you into the betting discord, betting content, uh, going to sign up. And that goes through the Super Bowl. So if you're in Ohio, there are going to be mm. promos run as well for you to join us for DFS as well through the Super Bowl. I'll be there. Rich? Sharp football analysis, regular worksheets still cranking on these full slates. Uh, go check that out. Uh, you know, there's weekly stuff available uh, for you there. And listen, we got a few more fun weeks here, uh, full weeks. Let's cherish them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll do playoffs. I'm not sure if we're doing playoffs. We always do the first couple of weeks, I believe, on this show. Full uh, slates, yeah. Yeah, all right. That'll be good times for sure. Um, do appreciate you guys listening to the NFL Pick 6 show. That was Week 15, sponsored by Thrive. For Rotor Grinders, for producer Steve, for John, for Rich, for Lee Evans, for Stevie mm. Johnson, for Thanos. Eric Moulds. For Eric, <laughs> Eric Moulds. <laughs> for Connor McGregor and Dick Gyllenhaal. This was the NFL Pick 6 Show. We do appreciate y'all listening. Good luck this week. Go win something. We're out of here. Holler. 